Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, guys, welcome back to EYL Mama Africa edition. Yeah, yeah this is uh, a monumental episode. This is the first episode where we are crossing the water. We did a couple in uh, from Canada. Yeah, Shout out to all of our guests in, in Canada. That was our first international episodes, but this would be the first episode where we're actually going to a completely different content. Yeah, we're going over the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Africa, shout out to Africa. Shout out to all of the countries in Africa. Huge supporters too, man. Yeah, shout we got a lot of love and a lot of support in Africa. Um, we've charted on some of the top charts in a variety of different countries, everywhere from Kenya to Zimbabwe to Ghana. South Africa, Ghana, yeah. Nigeria, all over Africa. We've been on the top charts at some point in time. So, um, you know, a lot of people, we have a lot of listeners in UK and all over and they like, you know, we love your content, but some of the stuff that you're saying is only, a lot of stuff you're saying is only based upon American point of view. And that would make sense because we're from America. Yeah. But being that the world is a, a, a our oyster <laughs> and um, we have we have supporters and, and, and listeners all over the world, we can't just focus only on where we live. So one of the goals for this year was to um, broaden the horizon yeah. and to get entrepreneurs and talk about content from all over the world and um you know COVID actually was a blessing in that regard because it helped us actually get on our virtual wave yeah. and that obviously helped with getting some content so i put it on instagram a few weeks ago like you know we want to do some entrepreneurs in africa who should we reach out to and um we got hit up um a lot of people hit us up like you should reach out to this person that person this person and one of the one of the most requested people was john obd 
Um, did I say that correct? Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I looked on his page, and he had, he had a nice following. I loved his content. He um, it, it looked real like real good. His page looked real good. I did a research on him, so I reached out to him, and I'm like, you know, would you be interested in having a conversation? He hit me right back, like, yeah. And then when I spoke, it was even better because he actually was already a listener of the podcast. That so it, I always like that. Makes that. it a lot easier. Yeah, it's always <laughs> good to have guests that already are familiar with the platform, so we don't have to explain it. They already kind of know. So I'm like, this is dope. So John is a superstar entrepreneur out of Nigeria. Um, he is an author. He is an international speaker. He's a social media influencer. He's the founder of Headstar Head Africa. He just hosted the largest virtual summit um, in Africa. Mm -hmm. 15,000 people were, were on that. Um, he does everything. He's online business consultant, teaches kids how to achieve success. Um, he's just he's a like, programmer, a yeah, web developer, a yeah, yeah. little bit of everything. He's everything. <laughs> we got, we got everything, John. We got everything that you've done, man. So this is going to be a dope <laughs> conversation. We're going to talk about, um, a lot of the virtual stuff, tech stuff. Tech is real big in Nigeria. Um, and we're going to talk about, of course, the content of Africa, Nigeria. We're going to talk about, um, economics, all kinds of stuff. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. I'm sure Troy is this as well. So one. John, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so yeah, John, let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, like I said, we are extremely excited about this this episode. So, founder of Head Start Africa, right? And um, so I did some yeah. research. So, Head Start is actually a it's, it's a big thing. So, what is what is Head Start Africa? Head Start Africa is a mentoring platform. It's different things to different people. But it, it started off as a mentoring platform where I brought a couple of my colleagues to teach Africans about business and personal development. So I started that in 2016. It is a Facebook group. Right now it's about 140,000 members, mostly Nigerians and then a lot of Africans and then some sprinklings from all around the world. So there we host our webinars and we teach on everything on personal development, lifestyle and business. So that's what it is. Uh, but we also have other expressions like our podcasts, our videos, our interviews. We have a, a program called Night School that holds every every Friday. Uh, so it's basically about business, business and personal development. And we have other people on the Facebook group there also contributing about what it's like to achieve success in Africa. All right. So that's interesting because, um, yeah, I, um, I did some research and I, like I said, I was watching a couple of your YouTube videos. So one of the things that you spoke about in Africa specifically is, um, the lack, the lack of infrastructure. And, um, when it comes to the yeah. internet and you, you made an interesting comparison. It's like you, you said for people living in America, the internet is like the ocean, but for people in Africa, yeah. the internet is like a bottle of water. So that was very interesting. Yeah. Can you explain what, what you meant by that? <laughs> All right. So uh, in, in, in Nigeria specifically, so most people use Internet in a limited way. So you have to buy like data plans of uh, one gigabyte, two gigabytes, uh, 20 gigabytes. And so most people use the Internet with a concept of scarcity, like this can run out. Uh, but in, in other, in other countries, like in the West, it's just, it's mostly unlimited, especially when you have fiber optic, um, and so on. So it's, it's unlimited there, but here it's mostly limited. Only like the top 0.5% of people are able to afford unlimited internet access. 
Yeah, so even with with the internet access, a lot of times people get blocked from viewing things, which is something that I discovered when doing the research on you. What's the the theory behind that? Okay, (laughs) okay, so, okay, okay. I I think I I knew where you got that from, one of my TV interviews. So there's this thing I call the, the third world fence, right? And so it's this invisible fence where the third world is kept behind this border and so we cannot actively participate in certain activities online so there are some websites we cannot visit because people assume that a lot of fraud emanates from third world countries and so there are some websites that we cannot visit some services we cannot access uh, like paypal now you'd be shocked that in, in nigeria we cannot receive money through paypal but we can pay but we cannot receive money through paypal uh, we cannot use stripe and, and most of the top tier payment processors. So that's one of the areas of uh, the third world fence. Also, Nigerian cars are just not accepted on a lot of websites. So we have to figure out a number of workarounds just to exist on the internet. So that, that's what I call the third world fence. And uh, yeah, we've got to keep on moving. So we find ways to get around them. So, yeah. so you, you, what do you use that you have your own um... Like Nigerian um, payment system instead of Stripe or PayPal, like you have your own one from in Nigeria. Like, what do you, what do you guys use? Yeah, we have Nigerian payment systems. We've got Paystack, we've got Flutterwave. Those are the two biggest ones in Nigeria. Um, they do a pretty good job, but it's it's not quite as expansive as say a PayPal or Stripe. Uh, so sometimes uh, a bank in maybe the, the United States might encounter our local payment system, Paystack and just not honor the transaction. Occasionally that happens. Uh, but, you know, we, we make do with what we have while we seek uh, better options. No, that's dope. I, I think, like I said, I mean, it's important for people because we don't really, a lot of times, yeah. especially in America, we just get caught in our own bubble. So we don't really even, yeah. you know, think about, like, how different it could be for somebody in a different country. And it's like we run our business and we use PayPal and Stripe. Yeah. And uh, we can we can collect payments from all over. So if we was not able to use PayPal or Stripe, and then especially like you say, I mean, in Nigeria might not be a problem, but if you're collecting money from people in America or, or in different countries, then that could be an issue. And it's like now you gotta try yeah. to find other alternatives yeah. we, to kind of collect money. We yeah. like even in doing the research for this, it was like I made it made me realize how much we take for granted, right? Like me sending a video to Shadi. It takes, that's not even a thought, but where somebody in Nigeria or in a third world, quote unquote, third world country, it's like, I don't have enough data. I might not be able to send that to you. You know what I'm saying? Like these things <laughs> yeah. don't come to mind when I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but how do yeah. we define third world though? Cause I, I don't want to use that term. I mean, I don't know. You probably would, you know, know better than me, but it seems like a derogatory word term. Like what is, what's defined by third world? Just a lack of infrastructure or? Well, originally, um, I think the I think the first world, second and third world originally originally started from the Cold War a, l- a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. So I think first world countries were allies of the United States. Second world were I think, allies of the Soviet Union, and I think third world were in between. But over time, the meaning evolved to mean developing or underdeveloped countries. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but the the initial meaning of first, second, and third world was relating to what alignment the different countries had during the Cold War. So in Nigeria, though, speaking about Nigeria, um, because we've heard different things about Nigeria, we've had a few different guests from Nigeria, and um, 
So can you kind of just paint the picture for Nigeria for people that that um, are not in Africa? Because it's an interesting country. It's the um, seventh most populated country, I believe, in the world. Mm -hmm. 200 million people. Mm -hmm. The most populated yeah. black country in the world. Um, yeah. It's the wealthiest um, country sub-Saharan desert, I believe, in Africa. Sub-Saharan Africa. Sub-Saharan Sub Africa, Africa, the wealthiest yeah. uh, country. Yeah. It has one of the... Um, the, the highest oil reserves yeah, in the, in the that. world, I think like in the top yeah. seven. It has the richest black person in the world. Spoke about him. Alike yeah. uh, Dangote, yeah. we, we spoke about him. So it has a lot of things it seems like it, it has gone for us and it has a strong tech community. A lot of people are interested in tech. Um, but obviously there's challenges as well, obviously. So yeah, can you kind of just, you know, did I, did I get that right on the things that I said? Yeah, that, that was correct. That was correct. Okay. That was correct. So um, Nigeria is such a, a, a great land of opportunity. And I think we have one of the largest populations of young people in the world. So a lot of the business transactions are dominated by tech. So there's a lot of tech businesses going on. There's a lot of tech entrepreneurs, a lot of startups. So the startup scene is really big. And a lot of Nigerians are really hungry for knowledge. So we are very aspirational people. Nigerians are always trying to get better at something. So the knowledge business is booming in Nigeria. People buy courses. People are always getting training. I mean, it's, it's my industry. I do a lot of trainings and workshops, and I play in the space. So Nigerians buy a lot of courses, engage in a lot of training, personal development, business, online marketing. And not just from Nigerian trainers. Nigerians know a lot of American authors and speakers and course creators. So we we we, we learn a lot of content from even the, the American space and the Nigerian space. So it's a huge market. And so if if anyone were to be considering new markets for their products, I mean, Nigeria is such a, a blue ocean, right? So like in America, you might have a lot of speakers and some niches might be saturated but if you're targeting a country like nigeria and you have something that can really give people value teach them a skill that could change their lives this is a fantastic market so this is one of the the, the ways that nigeria is a great opportunity there are other sectors but i can i can really speak mostly about the sector that i play in and that's the online space technology and we are really booming there so also open to collaborations because i mean we're having this Skype conversation now, and um, it's not a uh, um, it's not a an obstacle. Distance is not a barrier. There's a lot of people just like me who are doing fantastic work um, on Instagram, on the internet, doing webinars, selling knowledge, and um, it's a it's a really great time to be a Nigerian. So I mean, that's interesting that you said that the the population is so young. When I looked at the median age, it was 18. I'm like, that's 18 <laughs> years old. That's crazy. So like. You're, you you live in, in Lagos, but you're not from Lagos, right? Can you explain, because uh, I know it's a, po a population of 9 million people, which is pretty much like New York City. Can you explain what Lagos is to Nigeria for people who have no idea what, what, what it is? Yeah, so Lagos is the tech capital of Nigeria. So it's a lot like New York. It's fast-paced, um, a huge business community, a lot of hustle. So if anyone were to be trying to look for the most vibrant business community in Nigeria, that would be Lagos. Um, Abuja is the official capital, but Lagos used to be the capital a long time ago. 
uh, but uh, I think that was before I was born. <laughs> but now Abuja is the capital, but Lagos still retains uh, that economic stronghold. So the, the economy of Nigeria is largely tied to Lagos. It's got such a vibrant um, business population, a lot of things going on here. So this is the place to be. If, if you're considering doing business in Nigeria, especially regarding tech, this is the place to be. Yeah. All right. So we know we're earning your leisure. What everybody loves us for is like breakdowns and like step-by-step -step tutorials. So we got, we got the, um, you know, the land of delay in, in Africa. So now let, let, let's get into it. Let's give the people some detailed information on what you do best. So we'll start with your most recent venture. So you did, you had a, the largest, um, online summit, uh, in Africa, 15,000 people, right? Yes. So it's a whole business model. And it's interesting because we haven't covered this yet. And in the time of COVID-19, a lot of people have been having online webinars, online summits, online presentations, online, everything online schools. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's turned into a revenue model, a mm -hmm. revenue stream. You can make money on it. So yeah, let's dissect yours. So, all right. Yours was called Head Start Africa summit. Head Start Summit. Head Start Summit. Okay. So you so yeah, yes. can you can you kind of walk walk us through the, the, the summit? So Head Start Summit, our theme for this year was reinventing yourself for the new global economy. So there was a lot of pessimism about the COVID nineteen era. And so people were losing their jobs, some brick and mortar businesses had to close for a while, and there was a lot of pessimism and the mood was really low. And so we had to teach people how they could reinvent themselves um, in the travel industry, in the hospitality business, how people could reinvent themselves for the new global economy because everything of necessity had to move online. And so I got 17 speakers, most of whom are my colleagues in the speaking industry. And we held a summit for three days, six hours every day. From uh, It was from like 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day for three days. And so we had about 50,000 people who actually registered for the summit, but about 15,000 showed up. And uh, this was a different kind of summit. Most virtual summits take the easy route. I mean, no disrespect, but that's pretty easy <laughs> to record it and put it up, schedule the content out. But we wanted to put it out there live. And so all the sessions were streamed live to YouTube. And um, most of the sessions averaged a live viewership of about 3,000 live viewers. So um, I haven't seen those numbers um, ever, <laughs> at least on this side. I haven't even seen that anywhere around the world, but I, I don't want to brag. I'll just talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Slice done. <laughs> until, until I can verify those numbers. And so, but um, th there, there's a, a science to that. So th there's a way that virtual summits can be monetized and there's an entire business model around that, which I'd like to share with a lot of people and how anyone can use that to blow up their business, especially if you have a business that is involved in teaching people something. You, you sell online courses, you sell books, you sell audio, and you want to drive a lot of attention almost instantly to your business and monetize all that attention. Um, there's an entire business model. A lot of things that we learned doing this, um, um, running the summit and monetizing it. And that's what I would like to share with a lot of people here. Yeah. So how, how long did it take to plan an event like this? That's all. I mean, 15,000 people a lot. You have 50,000 registered. How long did it take to plan something like that? And what goes into it when you're trying to plan? Right. So this normally would take me about a month to plan, but so here's the thing. Uh, so, um, 
it usually takes about a month, but we planned it in 10 days. So uh, the president of Nigeria was due to give a speech about whether or not the lockdowns would be lifted. And so I told my team that, look, there's a good chance that the, lock the lockdowns would be lifted pretty soon. We've got to run this while everyone's still at home. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a fact. So that's a fact. I didn't want to take a whole month to plan it out. I wanted to, to have the summit run while everyone was still at home so that we'd have all that attention. They'll be at home. Everyone would tune in, would have all that attention. So instead of a month, we had to crunch it down to 10 days. And so we had to plan and execute in just 10 days. Yeah, so just 10 days. So, um, the, so what went into planning that? First of all, we had to build an audience. We had to run a lot of ads and let people know that a virtual summit was happening. But not just any kind of virtual summit, it was one that was relevant to what was going on, and that's the COVID-19 era. And one that was offering a solution to the current problem, the economic realities of a lot of people who were losing their jobs. And we also had to invite people that everyone knew. We invited the most recognizable faces in Nigeria for, for that virtual summit. I think a couple of them were in the US. I think like two of our speakers were in the US. but. Most of the faces were recognizable. These are people who have been given solutions in Nigeria for a very long time. And so people saw this as very credible. Everyone registered. But an important thing that went to the planning was the choice of platforms. So a lot of people have, I've seen a lot of virtual summits happen on Instagram Live. Instagram Live is not a great place to hold uh, a summit or any serious virtual event. And, and you know, in, in online marketing, we have a saying that do not build your house on rented land. Mm. Right. And most of social media is rented land. So we have a lot of people who lose their Instagram accounts or their Facebook accounts, and there's no way to recover that audience. They have to start building again from scratch. And so though social media is important, you've got to find a way to offload those people that follow you online onto a platform that you own and control. And that is your email list. Right. So that's the first thing that we did. So social media, it's a great place, but it's like a marketplace where everyone comes, you do a business and you go home. So while you're in that marketplace, you've got to be able to take as many people in that marketplace home with you. That's the analogy that I could use. So we ran a lot of ads, put out a lot of publicity on Instagram, but we said, look, in order to get access to the live sessions, you would have to register on a certain page. Hit the link in our bio. And so we started running that publicity. So we use that to build a huge email list, right? So here's the flow. We use that to build a huge email list. But here's another mistake a lot of people make. Um, after putting them on the email list, people, a lot of people who hold virtual summits depend on the email broadcasts to bring people to attend. And if you do a lot of email marketing, you would see how low the open rates are a lot of times. So a person might be opening an email when the event is over. So you need to choose a platform that sends instant notifications to your registered members, right? So we not only took their email addresses, we put them onto this platform called Telegram. I'm not sure if Telegram is a it's it's, it's a huge thing in in America. Yeah, we use it. It's really oh you oh cool. Yeah. So Telegram, Telegram and WhatsApp are huge in Africa, really huge. So, but the greatest, the best thing about Telegram, here's the best thing about Telegram, especially Telegram channels, because Telegram has two sides of this, Telegram groups and Telegram channels, right? But Telegram channels, you can have all your subscribers receive a push notification whenever you make a post. That is very difficult to achieve on regular social networks. 
So if you made a post on Instagram, you'd have to hope that, that someone would find your post while casually scrolling through their newsfeed on, on Instagram or on Facebook. But with Telegram, once I make a post, I, um, we have um, a number of Telegram channels now, about, about 30,000 people across all our Telegram channels. If I made a post right now, at least half of those people would see it instantly because it sends them a push notification. So that is the best approach if you're looking to hold a live summit. I mean, if you were doing something like a blog post, you could put it out there and just hope that they'd find it. But if you need people's attention now, instantly, you have to use a platform like Telegram. And so that's what we use. So the flow was this. Hit the link in our bio, register. They got the link in our bio. They registered. We got their email. We send them follow-up emails, but we specified that they had to join the Telegram channel. And so that's how we populated the Telegram channels. And from the Telegram channels, whenever we had a live session, we would just broadcast the link and we had this influx of people all at once. And so people were wondering, how are you able to gather all these eyeballs all at once to watch a live broadcast? Especially, you know, this is Africa when people are using limited internet <laughs> connectivity. <laughs> we're yeah. still, able to, to, we're still able to bring them to watch hours and hours of broadcasts live. And so that was uh, the exact flow that we used. From social media, offload them to your email list. From your email list, get them onto a platform like Telegram where they can receive instant push notification. And then you'll have all those eyeballs whenever you have a live broadcast. It's it's that simple. Nothing complicated about it. It's, it's, it's that simple. So, so that was the flow. Not the, the Telegram, I'm, I'm trying to think, it, it doesn't take as much megabytes as, as a typical, like if I was watching on YouTube. So the, the, the live stream doesn't happen on telegram it happens on youtube oh, okay got you right telegram yeah, is just a notification the telegram is to pull them onto youtube got you so yeah all right but, so now so that's that's the first part as far as getting the people um together but you, you talked about yeah. as far as the business model how to actually monetize it because i'm assuming it's free right like you did the free it was free yes so how do you how yes. do you so how do you monetize it how, how does how's that work right so there are multiple ways to monetize it. The, the most obvious way is by selling the recordings. So it's put out there that, you know, the live sessions are free, but the recordings are not. And so you get all that attention. Everyone watches the live streams, but they cannot download the streams. The recordings are then sold. That's the most obvious business model that we use to monetize. But there are other ways. So we also sell classes, um, specialized workshops. So the, the beauty of all that attention is that once you have all that attention and you're giving value to all those viewers, anything that you sell to those people carries a lot of weight. So we, we had a lot of our, our guests who came on to speak and they had affiliate programs for, for their products. And at the end of their sessions, I would come on live with them to help pitch their products. They would sell and we would get a commission, right? So the affiliate business model was there the sales of the recordings was there and then our own of our own specialized workshops and classes that one also sold so we, we sold specialized classes in artificial intelligence um online sales marketing cryptocurrency and so on we sold all those ones with the attention and those ones also drove revenue so th those are multiple ways if you also if you have a book you have a course you have a specialized workshop the that's the best time to sell that sort of thing because you've been able to attract all those eyeballs to one spot. You've been able to build a lot of credibility by giving value upfront 
So almost instantly, they know, like, and trust you, and they're willing to buy almost anything that is of value to them. Now, that's dope. Um, and yeah, going back to the WhatsApp thing, WhatsApp is extremely big overseas. Um, when I'm saying overseas, I'm talking about America. I just, I realized that when I started to, um, you know, have different friends from different countries and even you, <laughs> that's how I contact yeah. you. And that's how we communicate is WhatsApp. And, um, so yeah. when, when Facebook brought WhatsApp years ago for 19 billion, it was kind of weird because it's like they, they brought, um, Instagram for only 1 billion, but the communication channels, um, in other parts of the world, cause WhatsApp is not really huge like that in America. But I realized mm -hmm. that in like Europe, Africa, pretty much everywhere Every, outside, outside of America, yeah. WhatsApp is, is huge. It's a huge communication channel. And then Telegram, um, shout out to Ian. Ian, he's, uh, he does our stock show, but um, Market Mondays is our stock show. And he has a Telegram group and he's real big on Telegram. So what you're saying pretty much is like, you got to diversify even your, your, your ways of communication. Like you can't just do yeah. anything through one channel. So it's like you, you use Instagram as the first barrier to like, yeah. cause you know, that's where most people are. And then you, yeah. and then you move them from Instagram to telegram, which is another kind of social network kind of thing, but it's better <laughs> because yeah. now you can actually have push notifications. And then from telegram, they sign up to the website and then from the website, then they can watch it on YouTube. Then from YouTube, yes. if you don't watch it, you can, or you can jump off and buy the course or go yeah. to the affiliate program. So it's now it's like seven different steps in, yeah, in yes. the whole process. Yeah. And it goes back to what you yeah. said about being on rented land. Like if Instagram stopped, yeah. you still got your telegram group. If telegram stopped, you still yes. got your email list on your website. If that stops, you still yeah. got the YouTube. So being on rented land, yeah. that you, it, it, it works out perfectly for you. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's a vibe. And, um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, you know, similar to what we see in America. A lot of different people do affiliate programs. I was going to ask you if you paid the speakers, but I guess for the most of them, you didn't really have to pay because they was going to be able to make money on their courses that they sold on the back end, Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No matter where you no, at in the world, the same, it's the same language. It's the same language. It's the man. same language, man. We always speak the same language. Yeah. That's I, a fact. I, I want to go back for just a second because before you could even have the email list and, and, and have an event, you had to build your own brand, right? And that that, yeah. that took some time, man. You, can you talk about that? How you built your brand being from Nigeria? And I mean, you found we found you and, we, and we're connected now. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. how did this happen? So... Um, I'd been doing a lot of uh, workshops and seminars in Nigeria, but in, in 2016, I decided to create a Facebook group. And Facebook groups were not really big back then. As a matter of fact, we, we didn't have Instagram Live, we didn't have uh, Facebook Live at the time. It was just, you know, just Facebook groups. So I started building my Facebook community then, and that was uh, Head Start Africa at the time. So the first month or so, I think we had about 700 members. Uh, now it's grown to about 140,000 members. Um, that was January 2016, 2000, 2016. And we grew it, I grew it mostly using a lot of free training. So I used to show up every Thursday back then for something called the Smart Business Webinars. And I would just show up every week putting out content for free. I, I didn't have a business model. I just wanted to give a lot of value. I think I, I eventually started monetizing six months later, but the fact that I was giving a lot of value, giving a lot of game upfront, not charging anything, and it was real, it was working, people would join the group, they would invite their brothers and sisters and their mothers and fathers and children, and everyone began to join the group and take a lot of notes every Thursday. Every Thursday, um, the internet in Nigeria would just take a pause, 
and come and attend the webinars and take notes because it was all free. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it still is free, but I was able to start monetizing about um, six months down the line. Later that year, we started to sell online courses and bring people to our physical events and all that. But it's just been growing with consistent value and uh, giving a lot of value to the community. But one of the things that helped me really grow was in learning to leverage what I call OPK. And that's what you're doing right now. OPK mean, means other people's knowledge, right? <laughs> other people's knowledge. And that's when my brand really took off because when, when, when it was just me teaching and giving all that value, it was okay. But when I was able to leverage other people's experience and expertise and invite them onto the webinars to teach, it really took off because I was able to leverage on the knowledge of other people who knew a lot more than me in other areas and real estate, Nigerian real estate, oil and gas, um, uh, the digital landscape, tech, even fashion, health and fitness, and so on. So I brought all these people, and we had a, we had about 100 episodes of the webinars because I was able to leverage on other people's knowledge. And that's how we grew, and we keep on growing by giving a ton of value up front. It, it's really easy to build a, a brand when you can build up that consistency, scheduled consistency of giving a lot of free value. Kind of like how Earn Your Leisure is... is currently doing giving a lot of game i mean when i saw that episode with uh, ash cash yeah, yeah i was like oh my goodness this is <laughs> on its own like i was, I was like what <laughs> yeah it was so good the power I, of the internet i showed it out yeah i showed it out to a lot of people like look this is possible you know <laughs> so it's it's so cool and so you have a, a lot of people from all these countries because you know you're given a lot of great content a lot of people just they give a lot of content, but it's, but it's fluff, mostly, mostly to sell their course. So they kind of keep, you know, most of the game away. But you guys just put it out there. You just put it out there and give a lot of value up front. And so that value is really attractive. And it's, it's the similar model that I used to build my brand. And um, we keep on doing that. Yeah, I tell people all the time, even before they come on the podcast, like if they have a course to sell or something, I'm just honest with them. I'm like, look, I think the best way to sell anything today is to give away free information. Because it's yeah. like now... No matter how much you give, like in an hour podcast, people most of the time they're still not really prepared to just open up a trucking company. Like, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. still kind of have to have a little bit more guidance. So they can either seek more yeah. guidance on their own, or you've already established so much credibility by giving away so much free information. They know that you're serious yeah. and they know that you actually are knowledgeable. So now they have no problem paying. I always say people don't mind paying for information. They just don't want to be scammed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I always feel like investment um, in yourself is the best investment. Like I pay for courses and books all the time. Yeah, we just bought a course. Yeah, I have no problem. <laughs> yeah. And I paid full price. I could have got it with a discount. I just paid full price for the course because I wanted to learn about like option trading and stocks. So I'm like, why would I not pay? I, I'm not going to, if somebody already put it together and it's bundled nicely, I don't want to just search and do 10,000 different YouTube videos and find one that's good and 10 that's terrible. I'd rather just buy a course, look at it for a week, get it out the way, and then I'm up and running. That's my thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. As far as social media, because you're a social media yeah. consultant. Yeah. What is what is um, some, some tips as far as strategies for entrepreneurs um, that you coach people on? Because I know you said you had an interesting thing I want to talk about as far as like cleaning up your Twitter that was interesting. I never <laughs> yeah, heard of that. Yeah, but yeah. Before, oh my goodness. Yeah. Y'all really dug deep. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We got to. <laughs> we got to talk about that. We got to. We got to. So yeah, before we talk yeah. about that, what are some strategies for people that's looking to build their brand on social media? 
Okay, so so first of all, there's a, I, I like to teach that there, there's defense and then there's offense, right? So defense is, you know, you know, we've all been kids, right? And and we've all used the, the internet at some point for less serious concerns, you know? So there, there's a lot of um, things that have happened recently. There's this, um, there's this guy, I think in the US, who's, I think it was, uh, I'm not sure if it was Harvard, but one of these universities rescinded his, his admission because of something racist he tweeted when he was really young. Right. And so I, I like to tell a, a, a lot of Nigerians that, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, you're doing in your youthful cluelessness will not be forgiven when you get older. You'll be judged retro so, retroactively for your absolutely. ignorance. We've seen it plenty of times. That's what you said. That was that yes. was very powerful. You talk about the retroactive. You'll be judged retroactively for your days of ignorance. Yeah. Yes, you will be. So I like to say, you know what? As soon as you decide that you're going to be somebody, the first thing you've got to do is go do a cleanup. Like spend a week, spend a month, however long it's going to take. Just spend every single day for for a month. Depends on how much of a rascal you've been. So it might take uh, maybe three months. <laughs> but spend every single day, hours a day, just cleaning up, cleaning up, cleaning up. The photos you put you, 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 you put on Facebook when you were in high school or in the university, you don't have to delete them. You could just set the privacy options to only me. Facebook has that feature. And recently, Instagram just um, unveiled that feature where you could just archive old photos. You don't have to delete them. In case you want to have them for your memories, just archive them. If they if they're no longer in sync with the brand you're trying to promote right and so we also have with Twitter now with the interview that you saw at the time I was promoting um, a free program that was called go cardigan but it seems like go cardigan is out of business um, so we might have to find an, uh, a substitute but when go cardigan was working you could just use it for free put in your let's assume you started building your brand in 2018 you could instruct go cardigan to delete all tweets from 2018 and earlier, just at once, and it will take them all out, and you could start it fresh. All right. So I think there might be other products out there. I don't know, but you know, just you can just go search for tools that could help you uh, delete tweets in bulk. There are other ones too for Facebook. Uh, you might have to Google that. It's been a while. I talked about it. I'm not sure if they're still in business, but there are tools that can help you delete old posts from Facebook, or at least they help you make the audit easier but you've got to play that defensive strategy and take out you know a lot of things that don't fit with the direction that you're now trying to go in right so when that's done you need to now go on offense and start building your audience what most people need when they're starting out is attention and so that's why i'm, I'm really passionate about virtual summits because if anyone is clueless about getting all that attention virtual summits it's like it's almost instant you're able to leverage on the audiences of other people who are probably already established and build your list with that organize the virtual summit give a lot of value and when the virtual summit when the virtual event is over you retain that list and because you're the organizer they've come to trust you you can either choose to create more virtual events or you can start selling your own courses your own training and so on so when you're starting out what you need is attention and so you also need to build that attention on the right platform. Like I said earlier on, do not build your house on rented land. You can use rented land to attract the attention, but build it off the rented land, off social media, like on your email list, on Telegram. Um, some people do it on WhatsApp, but I always recommend Telegram. And if you can, on a mobile app and so on.
So that's the offensive strategy. Also, I like to say it costs money to fund a war, right? It costs money to fund a war. And that, that might sound a bit adversarial, but we are in a, a battle for attention. There's an attention war going on, right? And so, you know, there's the entertainers on one hand, there's the um, um, traditional media on one hand. And so people's attention right now are all over the place. And so you have to figure out how to pull some of that attention to the work that you're building. And when you do it organically, it's going to take quite a while. And so I, I like to tell people to have what I call a notoriety budget. A notoriety budget is um, a percentage of whatever you're making every month that should go into building your notoriety online, building your followers. So you've got to spend on ads, paid advertising, right? So spend on Facebook ads. And of course, Facebook now owns Instagram. So if, if you can learn how to run Facebook ads through the Facebook ad manager, you can also target people on Instagram. And there's this fantastic thing on Facebook ads now where you can target the people who have most recently engaged with your Instagram profile. It's crazy. It, it creates this thing called the recency effect. And it gives you an illusion of omnipresence. So it's like someone comes over to earn your leisure and they see a fantastic post and they double tap, they leave Instagram, go over to Facebook and they see your ads. They're like, oh my goodness, I just saw these guys on Instagram. Yeah. Now they're on Facebook, right? So it's called retargeting and Facebook allows you to do that. It allows you to connect your Facebook to your Instagram. And so people who just recently um, either commented on your post or followed you or even double tapped, they start seeing your ads all over the place and you can use that attention to sell or at least build your audience. So that's what you got to do. You got to have that budget to help you keep on building. So you can use the organic approach to build, add that to the paid approach and ensure that you're always having an evergreen ad running to keep on getting that attention and building your tribe. So if you have a thousand people in your email list, Today is going to keep on growing. Maybe by next week or next month, it should be at 2,000, 5,000. It's just going to keep on growing. All right. And then, of course, you know, unless you're a, a, a charity, you've got to find a way to monetize that attention. But before monetizing, you've got to give great content. So content is another aspect that people have to really focus on. One of the easiest ways to uh, put out content these days is uh, through podcasts, because a lot of people are not yet comfortable with putting their face on camera. Right. So I, I might say YouTube and all, but a lot of people are not comfortable doing that yet. So I say, you know what, if you're just starting out, all right, cool. Start out with a podcast because there's a way that you can influence people with your voice that you, you will be unable to do in just writing. So podcasting is a fantastic way. And of course, the fact that podcasts can be syndicated on a great number of platforms. So we have the Earn Your Leisure podcast. It's on YouTube. It's also on Spotify. It's on um Apple podcasts and all the other so people can find it on all these other places So a lot of the traffic you'll be getting are from the natives of all these other platforms those who like YouTube If you tag the videos correctly, they find you on YouTube. They find you on on Spotify They find you as a recommended podcast on iTunes and so on. It just keeps on growing So that's a great way uh, to get people engaged know who you are and also help to build the no like and trust factor You're putting out all that great value on your podcast and then you, you keep on giving out that content to your tribe. Selling becomes really easy. You can sell in a good number of ways. You can do coaching, you can do consulting, you can do online courses, you can sell eBooks, you can sell audio programs. There, there's no limit. It's just like printing money on demand, but you have to be able to give that value upfront to ensure that people know that you have something of value. And like you said, that you are not a scam <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and, and that especially 
you're going to be there for the long term. Because that's what concern people have. Like, all right, you have a course, you look okay, but are you going to be here for the next five years? Or will I come back here next week and your Instagram profile is gone? Yeah. <laughs> right? Random. So people want to be able... <laughs> Yeah. So people want to be able to know that you'll be there for the, the, the long term. And that's why if, 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 you, if you look really closely at those who make the most money um, selling courses and books, there are those who have been in the game for about three to five years. That plays a huge role. So the longer people have been in the game, the more people just trust what they have. Oh, this guy has been around for about three to five years, been around for about 10 years. Right. So they just have that. The more you the longer you've been in the game, the more people just trust you. And so when you're communicating your, your, your content or your courses or however you're communicating your brand online, you've got to exude this aura of trust and long-term availability that you're going to be here for a long time, right? And so when they see all that, selling is really easy. But a lot of people like to do it backwards. I've got people who just, they text me like, John, I just released a book. How do I sell it? Go <laughs> <laughs> listen to Ash Cash. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's the, that's the, go listen to Ash Cash, yes, go listen to Ash Cash, you know, you know, so, but that's the other way around, you've got to start with building an audience, nurturing that audience with great content, and then you can sell to them. Now, what you said is extremely important, and we talked about that on the podcast before, where a lot of small businesses get online, and they create social media pages, and they have, like, two followers, and then they, like, running 50% off ads, and it's like, you haven't even built a following yet, like, who's, who are you yeah. selling to? And it's like, yeah. yeah, you have to build a community first, sell on the back end. That's that's my theory. Yeah, yeah, that works. It works. Yeah, from a technological standpoint, because um, I saw the word, uh, the letters VPN, and uh, it brought back some old memories, man. Uh, so for I those who are not, not use that word. Yeah, I yeah. Tried not to mention it when you said that when I talked about the third world friends, but you're bringing it up again. Yeah, <laughs> only because I need people to really understand the importance of them. So if you don't know what a VPN yeah. is, it's a virtual private network. Um, in the, the wild cowboy days of downloading content, uh, hackers would use that to, to make sure that people couldn't tell where their address was, and, and it helped. Yeah. I didn't use it again until we started doing crypto, and it was weird because okay. a lot of the exchanges wouldn't let you buy if you were a United States citizen. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get a VPN. Um, yeah. And then you could have your VPN, have, it changes your IP address, and now Troy Millings lives in Brazil, and he can now trade on this platform. How is it uh, used in Nigeria to the benefit of the people, and, and how you know what I mean? How can they use it, and why did they use it? Yeah, same way. Like sometimes, if you're trying to visit a, a website from Nigeria, it just says that this website is not available, and I'm like, okay, I, I use a VPN and I'm now an American, and voila, it's available now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how we use that to get around that, and and. Also, a lot of services that are blocked to Nigerians, um, we use VPNs to get around those those restrictions. So I guess it works it works everywhere. So and um, yeah, mostly to also anonymize your activity online. All right, but for the most part, it's used to get access to a lot of services that are geo blocked normally. We're gonna find a way. Let, let me ask yeah, you this: We you, always find a way. I saw I saw on your page or somewhere where you um, talk about like website and then like different ways to create a web like cash machine. That's what caught my attention. So it was like you had like six different things about a website: like fundamentals of and then recommended platforms, generate traffic, and then setting up your cash machine. Like, how do you turn a website into a cash machine? What does that mean? Oh wow! 
That was a that was a presentation I did I think in 2014. Oh okay. Or 15. Sorry, sorry <laughs> yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, but, but I, re- I remember that really well. Um, website cash machines. So um, the so the website is the home. Your website is the home of your business. And so I I, I there's, there's an analogy that I like to give. Everyone lives in some kind of accommodation, whether it's a house or an apartment or a condo. But you have a roof over your head in real life. But online you don't have a roof over your head and that doesn't make any sense so you've got to have a place online that presents you to the world and everything that you do so even if you're still figuring out what you want to do at least have your name your surname.com at least just put it out just register it while you're figuring it out and then so another thing people start wondering is all right john you know i'm not a techie like you i'm not a programmer like you i'm not a web designer like you is it going to cost me a lot of money to create a website? Uh, am I going to have to start learning to design a website? And if you had asked me this question in maybe 2005, I would have said, you know what, you need to get a programmer or a web designer. But in 2020, 2020, you don't need to be a web designer to have a website. There's a lot of, of platforms that make this really easy for anyone to design their own websites really quickly, right? So one of them is Wix. I think that's the one that most newbies use. Wix.com, so anyone can just get on. And Wix has a free plan, so if you're if you're watching this, you can just go there, test out the free plan, and if you like it, maybe subscribe. But with the free plan, you get to use all the the web builder. And the beautiful thing about Wix is that they use they have templates, a lot of templates. So there are templates of pre-designed websites, fantastic world-class designs. And you can just click and make any of their templates yours. Change the logo, change the 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 graphics change the text, and it's all yours. So you don't have to be very creative. You don't have to know the concepts of design and all that. They just make things really easy for you. So everyone should be able to create a website. And so um, so what if you're doing e-commerce? People will be asking like, okay, do I need to create an online store? Well, these days there are platforms for just about anything, right? So we've got Shopify, which um, is really big in America and also in Nigeria now. So anyone can just get on Shopify and create an account and have an and have a an online store and I think because of the COVID-19 era Shopify was doing some kind of a discount some time ago I'm not sure if it's still on but they were giving out a, a 60 day free trial which they'd never done before so maybe just go check if it's still on if it's still on them you can use Shopify for 60 days before they start charging you so you can get on there put your products on there if you're in the US you can connect Stripe you can connect uh, PayPal and start receiving money from your online store. If you're in Nigeria, you can subscribe to Shopify Nigeria and connect Paystack. And so it makes that really easy. In the old days, people had to build all these structures from the ground up. But now you have Shopify. It's a pre-built online store. Just create the name and make it yours. So once you have that, your website set up, you can just choose whatever business model that you want to connect to it. So I previously mentioned content. You've got to have that content that nurtures people, who, the visitors to your website, and you can sell just about anything on your website. You've got different business models. You've got print on demand. You've got um, um, digital publishing with Amazon. There's just so many. So on that on that um, podcast, which was uh, Website Cash Machines, I was just talking about the different business models that okay. people, people could use to, to monetize their website. There's this beautiful thing that um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know about it. It's called print on demand, POD where you could have an account with um, with uh, pr- a website like Printful or Teespring, and <laughs> yeah. you can have your own, 
Yeah, we know those well. You can just have them ship your branded T-shirts to people all over the world. T-shirts, hoodies, and you know, you just make your money off of off of their their platform. They take the cost of production and send you your profit. You know, so all of these need to come together on your website. So the website has got to be the home base of your operations, and those are really easy and cheap to create these days. So I know you have you're the founder of Head Start Africa, but um. Yeah. Smart uh, B Camp, is that a subsidiary yes. of it or is, are they working in conjunction with each other? So, what, what is that exactly? Smart B Camp was the original name when I created the community in 2016. So I renamed it to Head Start Africa in 2000 and I think late 2017. Okay, yeah, so, it's, changed the name okay. so it's the same thing. Just so it's the same thing, but that was the old name. Okay, got gotcha. you. What about an app? You have an app, huh? School of Wit? Yeah. Yeah, so School of Wit is my app. Um, I put out a lot of personal development content um, that address the challenges of people growing up in in Nigeria and trying to find their way and find their place. So um, the School of Wit app is where I put out most of my personal development content. It's also out on my Facebook community, Head Start Africa, but I put out a lot of it on my on my mobile app, uh, School of Wit. So you could get it on on the Android, on, uh, on on the Google Play Store for Android, on the App Store for Apple and um, that's why I just put out that expression of mine because there, there, there's a lot to me I, I mean as you were mentioning I'm a, I'm a pro, uh, programmer web designer online marketing expert speaker consultant coach personal development so a lot of things so I have to find all these different expressions so that I could still I could still um, not confuse people <laughs> so so pre prior to uh, COVID right the, the yeah. uh, head start of Africa obviously was, was a mentoring program was it all virtual or was there times where you're going into places, schools, uh, businesses to present? So we used to have physical events, but most of it was virtual. And, and that's because I was looking for a way to reach a, a lot of people within the shortest possible time. Nigeria is huge. It's, it's, it's huge. And in order to make the sort of impact that I wanted to make, I had to leverage the internet. And so we did less offline and more online. So we, we ran a lot of ads targeting other cities in Nigeria. There are so many cities in Nigeria, you know, the east, the north, uh, the west, the south, and we could aggregate them and bring them onto our Facebook community and make a lot of impact there. So we did do some offline work, but most of it was online. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the population being so young, sometimes it's tough to, to realize your potential. I, I wanna know your thoughts on seeing foreigners coming in into to the beautiful country of Nigeria and you know trying to develop and create infrastructure what are, you, what are your thoughts on that foreigners like it's a, Chinese it's a, it's a really Chinese to Chinese we could just get straight to <laughs> straight to the point it's, it's a it's a hot topic oh, that we've oh, covered we've oh, covered we've co yeah no, we, 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 just gonna call them out we might, <laughs> nah, we might as well not we might as well not sugarcoat it um we covered it a few times well we covered it once on the podcast but Chris Charles, shout out to him. He's not, he, he worked in Africa, but he's not from Africa. And actually on that post, a lot of people were saying you should have got somebody from Africa to actually comment on that. It's a real big thing that we've seen in America where people are concerned. They're concerned yeah. with the level of involvement that China is playing on the continent as far as development, loans, and things of that nature. So you are an African and you're in Africa. So what's, what's your take on it? Well, here's the thing, right? It's... um. I think that every country or every group of people tries to do what they can in their own best interests, right? 
And I think that the Chinese are doing what they think is best for them. I mean, no, no one's naive to think, oh, oh, you love Africa so much, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Chinese are doing what they think is best for them. And I think that any other group of people would see an opportunity like that and likely want to get in on it. It just seems like the Chinese are way ahead of that. Now, um, they're able to muster the creativity required to negotiate with government and whoever the stakeholders are to make certain things happen. Um, we may or may not agree with a couple of things that they're doing, but they're getting things done. The same access that the Chinese have to Africa is the same that the United States has to Africa or that the United Kingdom, uh, which colonized Nigeria, right, has to Africa or Russia and other countries. Uh, but it, it just seems like the, the Chinese have a, a clear-cut plan, they have a goal, and they're really persistent at it. And so I think that the approach for everyone else should be um, what do we want, what can we do to get our own piece of the pie? Because there is opportunity in Africa, right? Uh, for, for a lot of, for, for, for a long time, the narrative to the rest of the world about Africa is that, you know, it's severely underdeveloped and, uh, you know, <laughs> I had, a, I had a, uh, someone come from the U.S. once and she said, oh my goodness, you guys wear jeans? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so that's crazy. That, that's the perception, but we are really advanced, like technologically, socially, um, in the media, in movies. I think we have the third largest um, um, movie Nollywood. industry in the world. Nollywood, yeah. Nollywood, right? Uh, and so while a lot of countries are still seeing Africa as the dark continent, the Chinese are, they've seen the opportunity and they are advancing. And so I think it, it should be a clarion call to everyone else to be like, you know, this is where opportunity is at. And I think Akon tried to do something like that, is still doing something like that in, in Senegal, um, his country. And his, I, I, I've seen him on a, um, a, a lot of shows and podcasts in the US talking about the huge opportunities that are right there in, in Africa, you know? And we, we know that where there are a lot of problems, you have a huge opportunity to be a hero. It's so easy to be a hero where you're in a place where there's a lot of problems, right? If there weren't all these problems, I would not be a star today, <laughs> right? I'm a star in Nigeria because there are a lot of problems. And I came and I saw the problems, I'm like, wow, so which one do I pick? <laughs> You know, and so you just pick one problem and dedicate your life to solving that problem. It's so easy to be a hero. It's so easy for light to be identified in the midst of a lot of darkness. And so where a lot of people see darkness, the Chinese are looking like, wow, that's opportunity. We can build roads, we can build trains. And, you know, it looks like a colonization of Africa. But I think what they're really doing is they're looking for where the opportunity is. And I think that everyone else in every other country, if you're looking for opportunity, Africa is the place to be. I mean, most of America is developed, um, most of the West is developed, but Africa, it's so easy to be a hero. It's so easy to be a king of anything because you'd be playing in a space that maybe nobody has done before, right? Now, am I the most brilliant person in my, in my field? I don't think so, but I'm one of the first <laughs> to, to do things in this way, right? And, and because I'm, I'm one of the first, I look like, you know, some mega star, but it, it can be done by a lot of people. So I, I wouldn't really bash the Chinese that much. Um, you know, I mean, it looks, a, 
a certain kind of way, but I think it's just business, right? Um, if any other country came here first, they would probably have the advantage too. So everyone else has to just off their game, Nigeria inclusive. So let me ask you this before we wrap it up, because, um, you know, specifically African Americans in America and Africa yeah. and, and Africans in Africa, um, not always were, um, kind of distant. Like, you I mean, it was, it was, it's language barriers sometimes it's cultural barriers, but ultimately we all come from Africa. Um, no matter yeah. where you are, if you, if you're black, whether you're in Brazil, Jamaica, New York city, Toronto, you we all, we all originally come from Africa mm -hmm. at some point. So I, it's a two part question. I want to ask you, um, social media, obviously I'm sure you're seeing what's going on in America right now with so much stuff, yeah. black lives matter and you know, the police, and this has been going on for a long time. So, A, I want to just see, like, are people even interested in, like, what, what we're going through in America? Like, what's the vibe, like, for the movement that's going on here in America, out there, where you're at in, in Lagos? And also, are there opportunities? Because that's one thing that Akon talked about. He's like, black people should come to Africa. And it's like, all right, to say that, but are there realistic opportunities for people that may not have ever been to Africa to come and to, you know, lend their, their, their areas of expertise and to develop business, to buy real estate? Like, so yeah, two part question, but yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Right. So the, the black lives, I mean, you know, Nigeria is the largest, um, all black nation in the world. Right. So black lives matter was a huge deal. Still is a huge deal in Nigeria when um, Blackout Tuesday was going on and you know all that was happening, a lot was going on in Nigeria too. A lot of Nigerians were posting and a lot of Nigerians got to know what was happening from other Nigerians who were reposting. And so it's, 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 it's a huge cause of concern. And also because Nigerians, you know, are, there are a lot of Nigerians in the US. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we know what's, we, we always know what's going on, right? We always know what's going on. If you, if you hear uh, any, you know, any any black person in the U.S. with an African accent is very likely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of Nigerians there. So yes, it, it, it does concern us as much. And and what a lot of people need to know is that Nigerians and I think a lot of Africans too, they're very welcoming people. We are crazily welcoming of um, foreigners, right? Um, and so if you're if you're from another country, people want to know. What, what it's like there, they welcome you, they want to give you directions, you know, they want to help you point out the best places to, to, to eat or to, or to do things, you want to do business. It's a very welcoming environment. So I think that, you know, a lot of people have been here themselves and have experienced it. I think that the best way to know about something is to actually go there and experience it. So once the lockdowns are over, take a trip, you know, take a trip, see the place, you know, if you can get a guide, go around, visit where the hot spots of business are. It's a lot of great places, places to visit. There's a place called um, the Co-Creative Hub. It's a it's a place in Lagos. Uh, when Mark Zuckerberg came to Nigeria, that's one of the, one of the first places he went to visit to know what was going on in, uh, on in the in the tech scene. So if you, if you want to know where tech is at in Nigeria, just go to the Co-Creative Hub in Lagos. Uh, speak with them. You'll see the some of the most brilliant young people in Nigeria. They're all clustered there. It's a it's a hub of, um, it's an innovation hub, right? So there are other places too in, in, in Lagos where you can find a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of um, upcoming tech companies that are looking for investors and are really looking to go global. They, they, they're just so much, but regarding that barrier, there's, there, there's really not much of a, of a language barrier. Nigeria's first language is English. That's our official language, <laughs> you know? When a lot of Americans hear me speak 
um, English. They're like, have you been to America? I'm like, I've never been to America. This is how we talk. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people expect me to talk like the guys in Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> like the powers of the Black Panther have not been stripped away. <laughs> we don't all talk Easy like T'Challa. <laughs> you, 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 know, you never been to America? Never been to America. Well, we gotta uh, get you. We gotta, gotta get you in New York. We gotta. We gotta, we gotta do a, yeah. a sweep. We gotta. We gotta come to Africa for sure. Then we gotta get you to America for sure. Yeah, sure. Speaking of that, man, I, I'm noticing the Tyler Perry book behind you. I, I, I'm thinking, growing up, who, who were your biggest influences? Was was it Western figures or were there Nigerian people that uh, that you looked up to in in your field? Um, well, my father was a pastor, so I I looked up to a lot of biblical figures. So a lot of figures in the Bible. Um, so when when I was a kid, I was we were, we were unable to afford like comic books. I was able to watch cartoons like later in my life, but as a kid, I couldn't watch cartoons. So my superheroes were people I read in the Bible. The Bible was free, so I could just <laughs> and read the the stories in there. So there were Bible figures. Uh, but regarding business, um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor, and then I grew up and I heard of this thing called the computer, and then I wanted to be like Bill Gates. And then I grew up, and you know, it just began to evolve. But in my adulthood. Um, some of my key figures, uh, like um, Elon Musk, really, re really um, revolutionary, visionary. Um, Tyler Perry, you can see his book right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, built something fantastic. Um, Oprah Winfrey, what she's been able to do with her media platform um, as a as a black woman in a media industry dominated by white males. So that was, you know, a fantastic case study to look at. Um, so. I was really influenced by, by all these figures. And then, of course, because I, I'm a huge fanatic of personal development, I love people like uh, Brian Tracy and, oh, Eric Thomas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> E.T. Uh, <laughs> I've got his books. I've got his T-shirts here with me. I've got his hoodies. <laughs> I've got all the gear. You know, I love E.T. Um, then um, John Maxwell. Um, is, is a titan in, in leadership, and uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Those are my those are my early influences. I was I was a huge fan of personal development. The guy who wrote Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Okay, yeah. Um, he's pretty big in Nigeria too. You know, yeah. so yeah, those are my early influences. But ET, man, I, I discovered ET in 2012, and whoa, that was hot. <laughs> yeah, shout <laughs> out to crazy. ET. We've, we've been getting we've been getting closer and closer to him, him. So I'm pretty sure we'll have him on the podcast this year. Oh, cool. But um, John, man, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, um, you know, it's interesting because um, so the Fluani tribe, did I say that correctly? Was that? Oh, you don't know? Fluani, F-U-L-A-N-I? Fulani. 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 They're in northern, northern Nigeria, right? Yeah, northern. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my dad, he did a, um, like an ancestry DNA test. So they, okay. they tracked, they tracked his DNA to, to that tribe. Um, oh, so, cool. so they said he had 60, 60% okay. Nigerian. So I guess I, I have some Nigerian in me. So I see the resemblance. Right. So <laughs> 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 okay. Flunani, Flunani. So, so yeah, so we definitely, um, we're coming to Africa. That's a fact. Okay. We, we, um, we've already been invited to Ghana. Um, so that has to happen. And then, as I said, I mean, you know, we have a large listenership. We know you now, so Nigeria is the biggest. Lagos, we on the, the way. Biggest, so 
When we when we might well just make a whole trip out of it and go to like eight different countries. We'll take a month off. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so when we go to Nigeria, when we go to Nigeria, Another month. we're gonna hit you up, man. We're gonna hit you up and uh hopefully you can show us around town. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Troy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. That is our proud to pay program. You know that tier four and five gives you access to the number one online business school in the world. I saw that Harvard's not doing SAT scores anymore. You don't need any of that. <laughs> you don't need any of that to get be a part of EYL University. And with that membership comes uh, access to our private real estate Facebook group, which is incredible. It has a book club. It has a movie club. It has the break and brag sessions with our brother, MG, the mortgage guy. It's incredible. Uh, shout out to him. And shout out to everybody that's supporting the merch on onyourleisure.com. Man, we got new shirts coming in. We got the earnest shirt. We got the EYL University uh, uh, chest patch. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, it's a fact. So, yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. Um, yeah, we will be in Africa listening to Afro beats. Yeah. That's heavy. And that's heavy in New York right now. In America, period, Afro beats is heavy. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.